Hi, hi, hi. This is Rosanna Hicken, and welcome to Salty Housewife, a podcast where a Utah mom breaks down everything we're seeing on the Real Houses of Salt Lake. And we're going to maybe talk about some of the other cities as we get into it. Maybe I'll mention Potomac a little bit at the end since we missed it last week. I'm so sorry. But we're just going to let you know what's really going on in the state of Utah. We are on episode six, Apre Rumors, what it's called. And this is my first solo episode. I went into this podcast knowing that I wanted to have friends and family on because it's so much more fun to talk with your friends, but it doesn't always work. And I have to prove that I can do this by myself too. So here we go. First solo episode. Thank you for coming, listening. Thank you for sharing with your friends. Thank you. Thank you. It has been the most overwhelming and exciting experience. And I'm so thankful that you are listening if you're listening. So thank you so much. Um, So let's get going. Episode six, Apre Rumor. We are starting at the end. Well, the end of the last episode was when Angie's like, I'm going to go confront Meredith about the rumor about Sean after she was just told what it was by Monica and Winnie. Oh, here we are. Here we are back at this random event center in Eden. Um, so Angie goes over to confront her and Meredith says, I don't know what you're talking about. There are rumors, but I'm not spreading them. I don't know what you're talking about. Dot, dot, dot. But there are rumors, but I'm not spreading them. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is just Meredith's MO. She just loves to kind of throw out something dramatic and then have like have no accountability. So Whitney just kind of pops in because she's not going to let Meredith get away with that. And she's like, uh, yeah, yeah, you did say this and you said it to me. And um, they kind of start going back and forth, Angie and Meredith. And it's just like so chaotic because Angie won't stop. And Meredith is trying to dismiss her the whole time. And Angie says, I'm not the one spreading my legs outside my marriage which is a dig at Meredith, which we've heard before when Lisa had her hot mic moment of what, not last season, but the season before where she says that Meredith has slept with half of New York city. (laughs) And so I, whenever, when she said it though, she's like, Mare is spreading her legs outside of her marriage. I just couldn't stop thinking about when Nini said to Kim Zolciak, close your legs to married men. It's the only thing that was going through my head the whole time. Close your legs to married men. I'm like, oh my gosh. And Meredith's like, just learn how to speak to me with respect. And she walks away and she goes and sits by Lisa, who completely oblivious is like, I'm so glad we could all be together at this party. Just absolutely no idea what's going, which I don't know how you miss it. Also, we're seeing shots of all these other people in the party I'm like, are we, are these people who are at the Lisa's party or are these like patrons at a restaurant? Are we at a restaurant? Who are these people besides Kathy, the lady Meredith brought? Who are these people that we're seeing? And are they just like completely overwhelmed by what is happening? Because these ladies are so loud, especially because Angie follows uh, Meredith and she never stops. Angie never stops. She's like, oh, we're going to keep going. We're going to go until I get the answer that I want. And so Lisa's like confused at what's going on. And she asked Monica what happened. And um, Monica tells her the rumors. And Lisa um, says that she doesn't, she doesn't believe in that Sean doesn't do that, which is like how you should react as a friend. And while that's happening, Mary just says, I can't believe I wasted another outfit on this event. Mary, we can't believe that you even came to this event because what were you doing 
why were you there? Except for to tell Monica she shouldn't eat and then be so incredibly freaking rude to the staff. And this is where Mary loses me. There were so many times this season that I was like, okay, it's so fun to have Mary back on the show because she's so unpredictable and some of her one-liners are so funny. Like when she asked Lisa if she ever stops talking, but then she's so freaking rude in this episode. She asked Lisa if there's any food and Lisa's like, oh my gosh, she's like all flustered. She's like, yeah, there's root, there's food. And she asks for if the staff can make a pizza to go for Mary. And um, Mary says to the guy who's making the pizza, you couldn't have just put it in a box yourself because he's having Mary put the pizza in a to-go box. And he says, I didn't want to touch it with my hands, probably for like germs. And she says, no, it's because you're lazy. Okay, Mary, GTFO. You do not need to be on this show. If you're not going to participate in activities or go into the bar or even look like you're enjoying yourself, you're not here. Don't be here. We don't want you. We literally don't need you. Even if you have the most chaos in your life I've ever heard about, we don't need you. That's how I feel about Mary Cosby. I keep saying Crosby. Mary Cosby. But yes, am I still going to go to her church? Yes, I am. I'm going to go and I'm going to watch and we're going to see what's going on. I got to see if it's open. Okay, so then... Um, that's the end of the Apre No Ski party. We get um, Angie and Sean, which it looks like it's supposed to be the morning because they're having coffee and Angie's like in a row, but she's like full deck down and glam, <laughs> just like full lips, eyes, hair. And they start talking about the rumors and um, Sean gets upset and he says that he doesn't really even care that people think he's gay, which I'm sure he's like had to deal with it a ton being in the hair industry, which is just so stupid. But he says he's most upset about the adultery part. And um, he cries because he thinks Electra is going to hear it, and which she absolutely is going to hear it. And that's the problem with being on this show, is that there is nothing that your children are not going to find out about you because of what you're doing and what show you're on. And he's worried about that. And so um, he says that Meredith is no longer welcome in the home, which... I would be the same way. I think Doug would be the same way. He'd be like, well, why are we going to have that nasty person over in our house? Absolutely not. So um, we um, get to the next scene, which is Monica getting her kids out the door. And I feel like sometimes I can relate to Monica really well because she, like the, the morning time is so insane. The hour before I get my kids to school is madness. I feel like if I don't have like a list in my head of what we're doing, blah, 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 I'm like, wait, 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 who got their lunch? Who still needs breakfast? Did I brush your hair? Are you wearing shoes? So like I understood this and she talks a little bit about um, her childhood. She said that they were always, her mom was always looking for bigger and better. So they moved around a lot, which honestly makes a lot of sense. Just like everything about Monica's upbringing makes a lot of sense to how she acts and reacts and why she is the way she is. And I think we could have probably like a psychologist on the show and deep dive into her and her mother's relationship, but we will get there because woo, yikes. Um, but I do appreciate that this, this is how I look when I'm taking my kids to school. Like uh, she's all like in her pajamas and disheveled. And that's me. That's me driving as I take my kids to school and I'm driving past and I'm like, please school crossing guard. Do not look at me right now. I'm not sure if I'm wearing a bra. I'm just trying to survive and get everybody out the door before I can even think about getting dressed. So 
I feel Monica on that one. Um, and then we go to Jack and Lisa going to the nail salon for pedicures. We love a guy who will get a pedicure. We love a guy who's comfortable enough in his masculinity to get a pedicure. Pedicures are fantastic. Doug has had a few pedicures with me and enjoys them immensely. There is nothing wrong with soaking those feet, getting a little scrub on the foot, some paraffin wax. I think that's Doug's favorite part. The paraffin wax, the hot wax that goes over. Why wouldn't you want to do this if you were a man? So I love Jack getting a pedicure with his mom. And it's a very sweet moment um, between them. So Lisa does say that there's social pressure sometimes in Utah to go on a mission, which we talked about with Lauren in episode one. It's absolutely true. She's like, some people pay their kids to go. Listen, the fact that Jack chose to do this without any pressure from his mom, like his mom didn't even know, is really amazing. Um, Does he maybe have pressure from his friends? Maybe, maybe, but I hope that he's going for the right reasons. I hope he's going because he actually wants to. It's two years that you're going to be... dedicating to the church and proselyting and doing service. Like if you aren't really excited about it, then it's going to be a terrible two years. It's going to be terrible. So he, um, hopefully is going for the right reasons because, um, it's going to be long if he's not. And then I know there are some rumors right now going on on the internet for um about Jack's mission people are saying they saw him in Tustin he's supposed to be in Columbia and Lisa responded with there are visa issues so um somebody was like no I heard he just said no or he just wants to go on a mini mission so you kind of don't get to say no um you get called and if you don't want to go at all then you don't have to go like I know somebody who got called and she was like just kidding I'm not gonna go um and that's fine but once you're like in the MTC, so it's called the Missionary Training Center, the MTC, that's where missionaries go um, to learn like the language that they're going to be speaking and that kind of stuff. Um, and you're d- in there depending where you're going. So like if you're going to Minnesota, you're only in there for like a week. If you're going to the Philippines, you're in there for a long time because you got to learn the language. But once you're there, you don't get to be like, actually, I think I'm just going to go to California instead when I'm supposed to be going to C- Columbia. Um there are sometimes visa issues. So my niece had visa issues. And then it was also COVID when she went. So it she had to go to Georgia, Maya, right? Georgia. Um, for six months before she could actually go to Brazil for the rest of her mission, even though her mission call was to Brazil. Because of visa and COVID, she spent the first six months in um, Georgia. That can happen, especially there's like sometimes they only let a certain number of missionaries in, visa stuff. So if somebody saw him with his tag on in Tustin, Irvine, wherever that area, which is where I used to live and I have a special spot for Irvine. I love it. Um, and he has a tag on. It means that's where he's serving his mission. And it's not because he was like, I don't want to go to Columbia. I'd rather go to California. It's probably visa or um, something else, but it's not because he chose to go to a safer spot. That's really, he has absolutely no control over that. So just wanted to clear that up because I know it's going all over Reddit. Um But they talk some more about church. Lisa says she hasn't read the Book of Mormon. Jack's reading it right now, which is great because he's going to need to read it on this mission. And then they start talking about going through the temple. So Jack is going to be going through the temple. For us, it's called the endowment ceremony. And it's where you go and you receive your garments for the first time. So in our religion, once you've gone through the temple, you can wear the garments that they showed on TV. And um, you don't wear, you don't go through the, you go through the temple when you're an adult. So not when you're a kid at all, um, when you are getting ready to go on a mission or you're getting ready to get 
uh, married in the temple, or if you, you can make the choice to just do it if you want to, but that's usually the two things that propel people to go through the temple is getting married. So you're going to get sealed in the temple or you're going on a mission, but you get your garments. And, um, Lisa says she can't go. She says, John's going to go to the temple, but she can't go. Um, and it's because she drinks too much Diet Coke. <laughs> this is where I was like, Ooh, okay. I'm going to quickly clear that up. Diet Coke is clearly not the reason why Lisa Barlow can't go in the temple. Um, I drink Diet Coke like it's my, like, blood running through my veins. Like, Diet Coke and water are my two main food groups. But um, you can go through the temple when you drink Diet Coke. Lisa can't go through the temple because she drinks Vita tequila and she doesn't wear garments. So um, when you go through the temple, you have a temple recommend Um questionnaire you have like an interview with your bishop and your stake president and it's every two years and they ask you if you follow the word of wisdom which is a thing in our church where they say you're not smoking or drinking um drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes and then they also ask you if you wear your garments when you're supposed to which is like when you're not working out when you're not swimming the other ass that kind of stuff um and it's all like honesty based like it's about you you answer how you want to answer um they're not going to like pull up your shirt, make sure you're wearing garments, but you answer by your faith. And, um, if you don't want to go through the temple, then you don't have to, and you don't need to wear your garments or you can do. So this is why Lisa, and I get this question so much about Lisa is like, how is she a Mormon when she's drinking and she's not wearing garments? Lisa is a Mormon cause she goes to church every week and she believes in our gospel. And, um, the choice that she makes to not go into the temple because she's drinking and not wearing garments is her own choice. We are just happy that Lisa wants to come to church. Our church has an agency and you can kind of choose, but like, I guess you can kind of think of it as like Orthodox versus non-Orthodox. Whereas like the more Orthodox Mormons are wearing their garments all the time, not drinking. And you might have another subset of people who are like, I'm still Mormon, but I, you know, love my Vita tequila. It's an interesting thing. And I understand why Heather has a hard time with it. Um, we'll get there in other, and I think it's the next episode at the Easter party. Heather's like, whoa, what? But this is Lisa. This is how Lisa wants to be a Mormon. And that's okay. Cause we want her there. Um, okay. Speaking of Lisa, next part, we, um, me at Angie's house. It's Lisa, Angie and Whitney. They are, um, going to have charcuterie, of course, never ending charcuteries on this, um, franchise. And Lisa asked if Angie has a Diet Coke. <laughs> that's when I was like, that's my girl. That's my girl. Cause that would be me. I'd be like, Oh, just sparkling water. Okay. I can do that. But Lisa's like, I'll just get one on the way home, which is exactly the same thought I would have. I'll just grab it on the way home. Um, and Angie tells the girls that she told Sean about the rumors and Lisa was like, nobody believes these rumors. I was just doing this last year and nobody's going to believe it. I was just in your shoes. And the whole time, guys, I was kind of sitting far away from my TV. I thought Whitney had a huge burn on her stomach. I was like, oh my gosh, what happened to Whitney's stomach? No, no, no. It was just her tattoo <laughs> through her, her dress. I felt so dumb. I was like, oh, she's wearing a cutout. That's her rose tattoo. I thought she had a burn. And then I got closer. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I need to get my... Um, my contacts checked because my goodness, how did I not know? Um, and Whitney says that Monica is just Mer Meredith's decoy. She's just having Monica do her dirty work, which mm, I believe, I believe that. And so, but then Angie says she went to Heather's house and they apologized to each other. And, um, this kind of set Lisa off. She was pissed. She was like, wait, how come nobody stuck up for me last year? How come nobody like apologized to me? 
And you can tell that Whitney's so uncomfortable. Like she's not even looking at Lisa. She's just like kind of staring straight ahead at Angie because she's like, oh my gosh. And I think really this comes down to, I think Lisa and Heather, it comes down to the two of them really just wanting to be friends with each other. Like they used to know each other in college. I think they want to have a friendship. And so that's why they're both so easily triggered by each other. Cause like, why don't you want to be my friend? And I think that's really what it is. Lisa wants to be friends with Heather and she want, she doesn't understand why Angie gets to and, and she doesn't. So, um, that's how that ends. Super awkward. And then <laughs> we cut to Meredith in the car with Brooks. <clears throat> Brooks is wearing his ski goggles as his sunglasses in the car. And Meredith tells us the terrifying, the not so terrifying tale of when she almost went off the cliff in the snow. And the music behind Meredith is killing me because it's like the producers know she's being dramatic. It's not even like serious music. It's like jokey music as she's talking about how her driver almost lost control and they're about to go off the cliff, but then he fixed it. And I saw that Lisa was on Watch What Happens Live and she's like, I saw, I saw the car. She was fine. But I will tell you, roads in Utah in the snow are terrifying. I will never get rid of my van because it's like a freaking beast in the snow. But when you're, especially when you're driving to Park City, you're going through canyons and all these like kind of back roads sometimes. And it can be terrifying. There's so much snow up there. So I understand why it's scary, but I don't know if she was about to die. But, you know, she's with Brooks. They're going snowshoeing. She's got the longest, biggest ponytail I've ever seen in my life. It's this, like, fake ponytail that's going down to her butt in her, like, adorable ski outfit. And I'm like, Meredith, you are going to fall over backwards in the snow with that ponytail. What are we doing? Why? 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 And Brooks makes a comment about it, too. So everyone knows it's a little a little ridiculous. Um, Okay, this is where... Oh my gosh. Okay. We get little glimpses into Monica and her mom's life together. And I, I, I feel for Monica, but also at the same time, this is just rough. So they're going to the senior center with her mom and her Nana, her Portuguese Nana, who's the cutest thing ever. They're going through McDonald's drive through. Somebody asked for a fish sandwich again. I'm like, no more fish sandwiches ever. Like, why does McDonald's even have a fish sandwich? No, no. And, um, they are dropping Nana off at the <clears throat> senior center so that she can play cards with her friends, which like cute Nana, cute Nana. And the lady says that they're playing cards for Coca-Cola. <laughs> so no money, just playing cards for a Coke. And um, Monica is playing for a little bit and then she and her mom go to get um, some coffee and go to sit down. And Monica tells her that she had a date on Tuesday, which hearing your mom date must be like one of the weirdest experiences ever. And, um, she said he ghosted her because she told him that she was celibate and Monica's like, Oh my gosh, mom. And she says like, her mom doesn't really follow a lot of the Mormon followings, but she does want to be celibate. She's like, I don't know why she's doing this. And then they start to kind of get into this argument about church stuff. And Monica's mom is like, your girls need Jesus. They need family prayer. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if her mom should be doing this, but I think her mom does a lot of stuff she probably shouldn't be doing. And they start arguing about church and um, Monica's mom not being there enough. And Monica's mom apparently apologized to Monica for raising her in the church. Monica's like, you said sorry to me for raising me Mormon. And her mom's like, I don't remember saying that. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm sure she said it. She just conveniently doesn't remember anymore. This mom is dysfunctional. She, we get it to the next part where Monica says, um, that she was on the phone with her mom. They must've been in a fight and her mom thought she hung up, but she didn't. 
And Monica's mom starts saying about Monica, you're a piece of shiz. I hate your guts. You effing um, biatch. I can't stand you. I'm trying to keep this podcast clean so we don't have to put an explicit sign up. So that's why I'm saying these things. You effing biatch. I can't stand you. Could you imagine if you heard your mother saying that about you when you were done having a conversation? Never in my life could I imagine my mother saying about that. She would never. And so having that kind of stuff happen, I'm sure this is not the first time, nor will it be the last. No wonder Monica like is kind of the way she is because this is a dysfunctional mom raising her. And I like the ins and outs of that childhood would be very interesting to like psychoanalyze with somebody who is a professional and not just me talking on a podcast about, oh, but rough, 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 rough. And I, I felt very sad for her. And then you have Nana screaming in the background, no dirty talk here <laughs> when she's, they're swearing up a storm. And probably when Monica talks about she needs boundaries with her mom because she could be 69ing on the couch and her mom could come in. And I was like, oh my gosh, another thing. Never in my life. Talk to my mom about that. Mom, please don't listen to this part of the podcast. Okay. And then we're nearing the very end of the episode. Heather and Whitney meet to go skiing. They both look incredible. I'm like, how do you guys look like this when you're about to go skiing? And it's because it's glam and definitely some like setting powders look incredible. But the second I'm outside for five seconds, my nose is red. It's running. It's like, girl, are you sick? Nope. Nope. Just out in the cold. But they both look flawless like supermodels. And they talk about, Heather says like, oh, Lisa's just brought it up to me. I was the last one. And she says, I don't want to talk about it right now. Whitney says she doesn't care about Jack going on a mission. And Heather says she ruined people's lives on her mission. And I find that interesting because Heather probably taught a bunch of people. And I don't really know how many lives were ruined. Maybe she had people message her and be like, I wish you'd never done this. But I'm guessing that a lot of them are probably pretty happy. But she probably thinks she ruined their life, which is, all again, subjective. And um, eventually I'm going to have my friend Amy on the podcast. And we're going to talk about the two sides of this Heather Mormon um those, these feelings. And we're going to talk as like people from two sides to talk about why these comments, how they make us feel on both sides. So we're going to get there because it's a very interesting topic. And I would like you to hear from two points of view. So we're going to get there. Um, not today, but eventually. Um, and Whitney's just basically like, what do you expect me to do? Um, and like Whitney doesn't care what Jack's doing and that's kind of how it should be. Like, we, why do we care what Jack's doing? If Jack wants to do it, let Jack do it. If Jack's like, oh, I don't want to do it, but my mom wants me to do it, that's a different story. But if Jack wants to do it, let Jack do it. Um, and then we end with Whitney telling her about Lisa's reaction to Angie and Heather becoming friends and um, how weird it was. And that's how the episode ends. And then the next week, we've got Greek Easter at Angie's house. And I freaking loved this episode. So I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Um, also, real quick, I watched the premiere of Potomac. I'm behind on some others. The entire time I was screaming, screaming at my TV whenever Robin and Juan were on TV. I used to love Robin and Juan. Like, they were my favorite housewife couple. And then the way that Robin, oh gosh, okay, you're not going to blame Robin for sticking with somebody that she loves. But the gaslighting that Juan does to her and the way she's going along with it so that she, like, doesn't seem stupid for like 
sticking around and she's trying to like justify the stories that he's saying because I'm sure she's probably mortified and she's trying to find a way to swing it so that she doesn't feel dumb. I'm so mad at him. I'm so mad at him that he got her to marry him again and now he's doing this crap. I'm so angry at them and I felt so sad for her and then when the girl sat her down, I was just like, this is mortifying. But also, like Candace said, like don't come at me for a fake rumor about my husband, Chris, when you've got your own stuff going on. And I agree. I think that was gross of um, Robin to even participate in that. And I can feel like there's still like a very clear divide this season on Housewives. Like it's going to be Karen and Candace against like Robin, Giselle, Ashley. I don't really know where Mia's going to land. Wendy's probably going to be with um, Candace and Karen. So it'll be interesting to see. I got to keep going. Potomac is one of my favorites. If you've never watched Potomac, um, please watch it. It is set over like outside of DC. The women are stunning. I think they're like the most beautiful cast of on the, like any of the franchises. And the first season is rough. Just like most first seasons of any franchise. Well, not Salt Lake. Salt Lake first season was chef's kiss. But the first season of Potomac, rough, rough, rough. Get through it. Get through it. And then it will become one of your favorites. The drama is good. The ladies are incredible. They're so shady. You'll love it. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to my first solo episode. Uh, I could talk to you guys for another 35 minutes, but we've got the next episode ready to go. Um, Please follow me on social media if you want. Rosie in Real Life is my personal Instagram. And then the podcast Instagram is Salty Housewife. Please share with your friends. Rate and review. I've seen the nicest reviews. It just warms my heart so much. I appreciate you guys going with me on this journey, especially when I'm just like, oh, what am I doing? But it's my most favorite thing in life is talking to you guys about this stuff. And I'm so glad I get to share it with you instead of answering like 700 DMs where I'm like, no, I want to connect with you even more. This is the way to do it. So I thank you so much and we will see you next week. Bye.